0: welcome to video games weekly it is an episode we've been waiting oh i don't know two years to bring to you it's new hardware day i'm paul charchi and my co-host as always is reiner from game informer and gameinformer.com hi reiner hey Charch. and joining us today a an increasingly frequent guest to this show and co-host brian shea digital editor at game informer hi brian Hey, Charge. How's it going? Good. We've brought you in. Not that you're not always welcome, because you are. But we've brought you (laughs) in specifically today because you did the official Game Informer hardware review of the Xbox Series X and Series
1: S. Yeah. So I got to spend multiple weeks with the Series X, which is the flagship console of Xbox, and then i think 2 weeks with the xbox series s which ah. is the uh, cheaper diskless version um, but we can get into the differences in a bit
0: yeah and uh, so over the course of the show and today today was launch day for it is launch day for the series x and s um i'm i'm seeing um, i'm seeing some early returns on people who have been able to get it ordered there's a lot mm-hmm. of there's a lot of shipping delays that are really i think not coming from the retailers i think it's coming from our our shipping companies and so I'm not sure that everybody who pre-ordered is, is getting them today, but mostly it sounds like people are getting them soon. Um, so we're going to we'll, we'll review the Xbox Series X, the Series S. We'll do the PS5 hardware review, which is, uh, that review is also available on Game Inform, and you've given a, a verdict on that. And then, guys, after that, I want to give a final grade on the PS4 and the Xbox One, the previous generation, now that we know everything there is to know about the PS4 and the Xbox One. You know, we're, we're, we're giving, you've given hardware grades and I think it's appropriate that you've done it on launch day here so people have a sense of what they're getting, but there's, there's, a, there's a massive narrative to unfold over the next five or six or seven years with, the, right. with these consoles, right? Mm-hmm. And who knows how this is gonna turn out. We never would have known uh, about how things were going to go at the launch of the PS4 or the Xbox One and where they would end up. So I think it's um I think it's worth looking back at those and seeing um and see how they grade out now. And uh and then lastly we'll we'll hit on some of the uh the reviews for the launch titles as well. Uh Spider Man, Miles Morales and Astros Playroom and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I know you guys have got some early impressions of NBA two K one and Dirt Five and some other stuff as well. So so much to get to It's such an exciting yeah. show, right? Uh,
2: a lot of the reviews are coming in hot charge like demon souls uh sackboy you know a lot of the playstation 5 ones we're just getting now like like today you know we will we will start getting them uh, i don't think we'll have reviews ready by launch day but uh
0: uh we should have a complete picture by the weekend all right Brian, let's start with the xbox series x and s that launched today um let's and and I know we've talked about this. You did a first. You were with us about a month ago, and we did first impressions. Mm-hmm. And so I want, and I don't mind if we quickly touch on the stuff that that a lot of people already know. I'm really excited about the stuff that you have found over the past couple of weeks, spending so much time with these, that maybe you weren't even allowed to talk about last time. And one of the things that we didn't touch on at all was the user interface. Tell people a little bit about what this, how it looks and feels, and how you interact with your games on the Xbox Series X and S.
1: Sure. So the thing about the Xbox this generation is that they are doing a largely iterative uh, iterative process uh, in, in terms of like, you know, we, I think we discussed the controller very briefly on my last appearance, um, where it's essentially the same controller with, you know, some different grip, uh, a share button and a different D pad, which, you know, those are great improvements, but it's basically the same controller, I would say that the uh, the user interface is very much the same there uh in that it feels and looks just like the xbox one interface okay however because of the new hardware like it's so much more efficient so much faster it just feels Mm. substantially better like when i put on my xbox one x uh which is you know prior to today the most powerful (laughs) console in the world it took forever to fire up like it would take you know, I'd go to my games and apps after I turned it on and go to select a game, and it would take a good five to six minutes to load all the tiles so I could select what game or app I want to use. Jeez. The Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S, because of the SSD, because of the yeah, the processing power, um, because of all the optimizations they've made, it's almost instantaneous. Like The longest process is... L- selecting my profile and letting it log into Xbox Live. So that's even on the server wow. side. That's not even the, the hardware. And yeah. then I go to My Games and Apps and it's instant and navigating between menus. There's no latency in just like I hit right and it goes to like that tile on the store or that goes to like I hit the right bumper and it automatically loads all the stuff that I want it to load. Uh, It's so smooth, which I think is, you know, kind of carried over into the experience that you get in the games. Like the... The games that you play are so much smoother, so much faster. They load so quickly. Uh, It's just a terrific experience, regardless of which system you're playing on, by the way. Like, I spent the first three or four weeks of my review time with the Series X, and then some more review games came in. So I actually handed off the Series X to another Game Informer editor, and I've been playing on the Series S for the past week and a half or so. And it's just about as good of an experience. You know, there's no disk drive on the Series S, uh, and it can't get up to 4K resolution, and it has a smaller internal SSD. But other than that, like, it's just as good of a console, I would say. Like, it's so smooth. It plays my backward compatible games amazingly. It plays the new gen games that I have uh, played, like Yakuza, like Dirt 5, like NBA 2K21, it plays them just as well as the Series X did, just you know, mm-hmm. not in 4K.
0: Yeah, and that's let's 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 expand on 4K. It, your review and many others, I don't hear anybody saying, "Oh my God, the graphics! It's so dramatically better." You know, it's, it's so obviously next generation. I don't hear as much about that. I hear more talk about 4K support, frame rate, better frame rates. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't hear anybody doing sort of the jaw dropping, "Oh my God, we've you know we we hit this huge inflection point on the graphics and video games." Or maybe I'm just reading it wrong, or maybe we've officially hit the point of diminishing returns on graphics. What do you think? You know for, for I research, think it's... It's... Go ahead. Go ahead. Reiner. I'll just say yeah. like
1: I would say that the uh vast majority of the experiences have been cross generation for uh for this launch. I mean, like like we've covered briefly, uh Demon Souls, that that's probably the the visual showcase in terms of like this isn't available on last gen consoles. But I will say that uh, the game that finally did it for me in terms of, like, visual showcase, like, this is a a really good-looking game, was NBA 2K21, which that's always kind of been the case with these, like, yeah. leap forwards into, like, the new gen is, like, it's a, it's a sports game or a racing game that really gets you to say, wow, like, this is something that would not have been, like, it would not have looked this good or run this smoothly on last gen. Like, if you remember Xbox 360, it was, like fight night three was the one that everybody had to have because it was just so gorgeous at the time like you know oh wow you can see the sweat dripping down the boxer's face or the slow motion cam when you knock him out it's uh it's the little touches that you see in nba 2k 21 that really say like all right this is what the the improved processing power the like the various hardware efficiencies that they've put into place that's what it can accomplish like just i was i played just one game last night it was uh the warriors when they were just like breaking every single record a few years ago versus (laughs) the 95 bulls. And (laughs) it was like the details on the players faces. It's something that just didn't seem like it was something that was possible on the Xbox one PS4 generation. All right.
0: Reiner, would you, do you want to chip in anything on the graphics here, the Xbox series X and series S?
2: Yeah. For as long as I can remember, I don't know how many generations we go back. It was always about the graphics, right? Like that was the thing everybody was looking at, but I think it plays, you know, third or, or places third or fourth place in this generation. Like the upgrades mm-hmm. now are different mm-hmm. and more substantial than the graphics, right? Like we are, you know, these machines are faster. The controller is, you know, on PlayStation 5 is innovative. Uh, we have better frame rates. Everything's silky smooth. And then, yeah, ray tracing, it's great. 4K is great, but I would take all those. I'm more impressed by all those other things than the graphics.
0: I think we have officially hit the point of diminishing return on graphics and we're never going to go back. That's just my opinion. I think, uh, you know, I just, you know, at some point you just, you know, your human eye can only detect so much and right. you, know, <laughs> you know, only need so, such, you know, so much, uh, fidelity and resolution. And so I just, I think we're probably about there, but, that said, I think, you know, three, four years from now, we're going to see games that look dramatically better than the ones we're going to get out of the well, gate here.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the big point there is like, as you get to the end of a console generation and developers really start to figure out how to harness the power of that technology, like we saw it at the end of the PS3 generation with the first Last of Us, like just remember how yeah. good that game looked then, and it still looks pretty darn good to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, you look at a game like Control, or you look at a game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey from the Xbox One and PS4 generation, and it looks just about as good as anything that you're going to play on your Xbox Series X or PS5 today, but as we get deeper and deeper into this generation and developers start to figure out the technology, that's when we'll really see, like, these these pieces of hardware flex their muscles.
0: Makes sense. Um, interestingly, you guys gave letter grades, not numeric grades to these. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me mention this, um, Brian, you gave a, a B plus grade, uh, to the Xbox series S I'd have knocked it down. I would consider knocking both of these launch consoles down a full point for the tiny SSDs that almost everybody that buys on launch day is going to have to upgrade at some point over the life cycle of the console. Tell people about the, the SSD storage that comes
1: with the X and the S. Sure. So on the X, you get a terabyte, which might sound like a lot if you <laughs> haven't been keeping up with right. the <laughs> file sizes of video games. Uh, I think uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare or Warzone is like, oh, One, God, it's, it's it's like 120, 130 gigabytes. Yeah. So, you know, install that in NBA 2K21, which is 100 gigabytes, and you have a quarter of your hard drive space taken up. Um, well,
0: and the operating system is taking up a quarter of it by itself just out of of the box.
1: Yeah. And then you uh, incorporate the fact that the Xbox series S only has 512 gigabytes. uh, But the plus side of that is it doesn't for most games. Anyway, I, the NBA 2k 21 file size is just about the same size for the S as it is the X, but for some games, it's not, especially backwards compatible games, it's downloading the non 4k textures. So the file sizes on Xbox One games that you play on your Xbox Series S are going to be smaller. It remains to be seen if those file sizes will actually be different for Xbox One, or sorry, Xbox Series X slash S optimized titles, uh, if they'll be different or if they'll be the same. But uh, at least for backward compatible games, it's not downloading those 4K textures on the S. So you, you benefit a little bit there, but you still have a very, very small uh, storage space internally. Um, That said, I did test out the uh, Seagate expansion, which is the official NVMe expansion that you can just, there's like a a, a proprietary slot for it on the back of these consoles, and it works just as well as the internal storage. Like, it it feels like you're playing a game off the internal storage. The problem costs $220 for an extra terabyte of storage. That's absurd
0: yeah 20 for a terabyte right now on the open market a, a an ssd at one terabyte is about 70 bucks
1: yeah it's it's not great like that's something that i definitely called out um i think uh matt miller who wrote our ps5 review also called that out in his review and it's it's an unfortunate reality of like this is the only way they, could, or one of the very few ways that they could kind of cut corners on this hardware because the hardware is so impressive on both of these consoles, but they had to cut costs somewhere otherwise these things were going to be six hundred, seven hundred dollars and you know that's a tall ask for a console launch like we saw it with the yeah. PS3. It didn't yeah, work out so well.
0: Yeah, people won't pay that. Now
1: the Microsoft
0: SSD, you know what they would they would say. Somebody from Microsoft was was on on, on with us right now. They would say we don't want people just throwing in any old ssd yeah. we want and which mm-hmm. the playstation will let you do we want an ssd that meets the standards that we have for our hardware so that no matter what ssd you you swap in and out of there you're going to have a perfect experience and you know and that's what you know that's their comeback and but to me i think 80% of people who buy the xbox series x and, F, and or S and the PS5 are going to ultimately have to make an upgrade and it's not going to be cheap on the Series X. All right. Yeah, move- and sorry. You go can
1: ahead. real quick on that. You can use an HDD. Like you can just plug in a USB hard drive. Uh, it doesn't even have to be an SSD. And uh, that allows you to play backward compatible games. Like I can play my Xbox One games off the HDD uh however they will not be fast they will not benefit from all of the the hardware right. improvements that you get on the Xbox Series X so you might as well just use that as like a storage so like oh i want to play assassin's creed odyssey just change the storage like where it's stored over to your ssd when you want to play it which you know it doesn't take that long but it's still like a pain to to have to do that
0: Paul Charchian, Reiner, and Brian Shea with you. We're talking about the launch of the Xbox Series X and S. We're doing the full walkthrough of that hardware. The PS5 hardware is coming up momentarily. If there's one word that defines the Series X and the Series S, it is compatibility. I want to start with hardware compatibility. Most people have really focused on the software compatibility, which is great. But I love the part of your review on GameInformer.com, Brian, in which you mentioned the hardware compatibility seems almost ubiquitous. Like it, almost all of your legacy stuff works here. Talk to, talk to listeners a little bit about that.
1: Oh, it's incredible. So, you know, we've talked about the software compatibility, how any game that works minus a few Kinect titles, uh, any game that works on the Xbox One will instantly work on your Xbox Series X or S. We've talked about that to death. What's cool about it is all of your accessories will also work from Xbox One to Xbox Series X or S. I have my Xbox Elite wireless controller series 2. I just hit the sync button on my controller, hit the sync button on my Xbox Series X. It it syncs as if it was made for it. Same thing yeah. with my uh, my wireless headset that I had for my Xbox 1. Same thing for my Rock Band 4 legacy adapter. I just plugged wow. the USB into it. It automatically started working. Um even more impressive, I would say. I mentioned uh you know storing backward compatible games on an HDD. I was doing that on my Xbox One X. I have a a, a terabyte hard, external hard drive that I store my backward-compatible games or store my Xbox One games on. I just unplugged that from my Xbox One, plugged it into the Xbox Series S, and it automatically uh, recognized all the games and I could just play them instantly. That's amazing. You
0: know, Brian even plugged in his Zune, and it worked. <laughs> 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 That's fantastic. Um so the software compatibility is great. Every game you've ever purchased just appears on your dash, going all the way back to I maybe even the
1: original Xbox, I, I would think. Oh, they didn't have digital sales back then, I don't think. but Well, yeah. you can buy a lot of them digitally now. So yeah. like Fusion Frenzy, for example, on the original Xbox, yeah. I own that on Xbox One through the backward compatibility. And I was playing that on Xbox Series X during my review period because it adds features to it. Like it ups the frame rate. It smooths out the frame rate. HDR didn't even exist when Fusion Frenzy was being yeah, right. developed, but it adds HDR to these games. Wow. Like, it's it's wild. Like, it makes the games that you're playing even better than they were when they were they were made. Like, it's crazy how... Uh, how... The compatibility is just the start of it. The way that it makes these games even better. Like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I know I keep referencing that, but that was kind of a measuring stick that I used throughout my review. That was a game that, you know... it ran pretty well on an Xbox One X, but on this system, it just runs so much faster, so much smoother. Uh, There's less pop in as I'm running through the environment. Uh, It's just a a very well oiled machine. And you can tell that all the pieces work together in conjunction to deliver the best experience to play any Xbox game that you've ever owned, which is, I think, a great selling point. Even if you don't have the strongest launch lineup in the world, all of your games work just as well as they did, if not better on your consoles that you already own.
0: All right, and one last thing on the compatibility built into the Xbox Series X and the Series S. Uh, tell people about smart delivery, which I think is,
1: well, it, I think it's pretty smart and pretty compelling. Definitely. So, I mean, we keep talking about how all of your games work uh, from past generations. But if a developer actually went ahead and made an Xbox One or Xbox Series X or Series S optimized version, for instance, Watch Dogs Legion just came out on Xbox One, PS4. It's a launch title on the next gen consoles. They uh, so that version is optimized for Xbox Series X and S. I own the Xbox One version. When I turn on my uh, my Xbox Series S it automatically gives me the like the the best version of whatever console I'm playing on. So I own one license for the game and it automatically delivers me based on the console that I'm playing based on the console I'm installing on. It Mm -hmm. automatically delivers me that best version for that console. So there's a bunch of games that support it. Uh, Ubisoft has been a big proponent of this, this, uh, this feature. So, you know, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, games like that. Um, and then Cyberpunk has Cyberpunk, come out saying right. that they're that's, going to be the one they're going to support it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a bunch of titles. Yakuza Like a Dragon is another one, which is an Xbox Series X launch title. Um, we reviewed it very highly. <laughs> highly recommend going to check out that review on GameInformer.com. But uh, yeah, just it's a really cool feature. Um, there are some games that like do smart delivery-esque things. Like NBA 2K21 will give you the next-gen version, but you had to have bought The Mamba Forever Edition on the last gen, which was the hundred dollar edition. Um, Or you have to Madden NFL 21. What was that? Yeah, you have to pay for an upgrade then. Yeah, you you would have to buy that edition. Yeah, you would have to just buy the next gen version, which is a bummer. It's not. It's not universal, so it's not like every game that is coming to both generations. But it seems like a lot of developers are supporting it. Um, And Madden NFL 21, for example, and FIFA they don't use the term smart delivery but if you buy the game by like i think march of next year you'll automatically get the new gen version uh so it's basically smart delivery they just don't want to be branded smart delivery i guess um and also i guess maybe they don't want to give the new gen version to anybody who buys it for like five dollars in a bargain bin in march yeah Um,
0: that's probably i think that's probably part of it
1: as well Um, so yeah it, it it's a great it's a great feature
0: um I want to mention just two other uh quick points the Xbox X and S are very quiet and that is um that's been mm-hmm. something that's plagued consoles you know for years um and I think it's 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 worthy of note that I think both uh, both the Xbox and the PlayStation figured that
1: out for this one.
2: Oh
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: I I mean I even threw in discs and everything and it was uh it was still pretty quiet. There was a brief moment where it was like firing up the disc and it was yeah. a little bit louder, but still not like the jet engine that you get with a PS4 when you're, you're playing like the witcher or something. Right. Right. Which has
0: been a, an issue. And um, your review and, the, and and maybe the last thing here on the Xbox series X is you, you, you fall into the hate camp of the love hate on the AA battery in the controller <laughs> Um, I have, uh, I was talking about this with a friend over the weekend. He's like, I absolutely love it. I'm, I have no downtime. You know, I've got rechargeable batteries that are always at the ready. And so my controller never doesn't work because I can just put in new batteries. Whereas if I've got a rechargeable, uh, when my controller runs out, I got to go charge it for an hour. I think it's a, it's a love hate thing, but we should note that the AA battery is back in the Xbox one or Xbox series X controller.
1: Yes. For me, it just feels very archaic to have to swap out. It's the only piece of gaming technology that I can think of that doesn't use rechargeable at this point. Like, the Switch is rechargeable, obviously. Uh, The Mm -hmm. PS4, PS5, all rechargeable. My Xbox Elite Series 2... Has the best rechargeable battery of any piece of hardware I've ever used. I think I can last 30 hours on a single charge. Yeah, that I'm so. not asking for the Xbox Series X controller to have that level of rechargeability or that level of battery storage, but something like a third of that. Like give me like a 10 hour charge. And that's, I don't know, that just seems like something that should be standard at this point. And it, it is standard, really. It's just Xbox is the only holdout.
0: All right, we need to go to break here, Brian. Uh, you gave the Xbox Series X and S a combined review score of a B+. And um, based on everything we've talked about, I think that sounds about right, based, based on the highs and lows of everything we've discussed. When we come back, we'll go through the PS5 hardware. That comes out on Thursday. And the lead story might not be the console itself. Learn more when we come back to Video Games Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to Video Games Weekly. Paul Charchian, Reiner, and our guest co-host today is Brian Shea from Game Informer. Guys, we just did a deep dive on the Xbox Series X and Series S came out today. Many of our listeners might be listening to this right now while playing. It's 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 a pivotal moment. We only get one of these every five, six, seven years. The PlayStation 5 comes out in two days on Thursday. The lead story, when I talk to people about the PS five, isn't the console itself. It's the controller Reiner. Um, I've, I've got, I've got the spare controller, but I haven't hooked it up to anything. It feels awesome (laughs) in my hands, but I, you know, I, but it's, it's dead to me. Talk to me about why the controller is such a big innovation for our PlayStation owners.
2: Yes. So it's called the dual sense. So in for, I don't know what, the last three generations, we were calling it the dual shock. Right, yes. that was that was the name of the controller. Now it's the Dual Sense, and there's a reason for the name change. It, they are adding new dimensions to gaming through the controller itself. So the Dual Sense has two new things going for it. It has haptic feedback in the um, uh, in the the triggers, and then you have kind of a new rumble sensation that's all throughout the controller. Right, like that doesn't sound like much, but what happens is the triggers actually fight back against you. They have tension. That the developers can ratchet up whenever they want for whatever action you're doing. If you're pulling back a bow and arrow, the game instantly recognizes that. And the developers cook in the trigger tightening. So you feel it as you start pulling it more. It tightens more and more and more. Mm. And just through the feel, you know when to release. So you know in, the, in games in the past, you'd have a meter on screen, like a circle that would constrict. And when it reached its you know the tightest point, you would let go you would, that was a visual thing now you can feel it in the controller yeah you could feel all sorts of things in the controller um, you know if in astro's uh playroom when you're tightening a screw you actually feel like the screw sen- sensation of it being tightened through the rumble in the controller that's not wow. just the triggers but you can kind of feel the rattling or if there's creatures moving about you could feel them s- scuttling about in the controller itself like just mm. kind of all over the place in the controller it's very cool and uh for generations, I've said the Xbox controller is the best controller out there. Yes. Sony completely changed the script. Not completely, but they changed the script. While I still like the Xbox analog placement better, mm-hmm. where uh, it, you know they're not even, uh, the PlayStation DualSense controller is the best controller I've used, bar none. Like It wow. is a game changer.
0: Wow. Do you believe that at some point Microsoft will have to answer the, with an adaptive trigger of their own?
2: I do. Uh, You know, that's that's something everybody that's at work that's touched the the PlayStation 5 has said. It's like this is a whole new level of gaming and developers, you know, third parties are going to embrace this. And when they port the game to both systems, you know, it'll have advantages on PlayStation just through the controller that you won't have on Xbox. So, yeah, they they need to,
0: to try to figure this out, some kind of solution to that. Give Sony credit. They have lost the controller war every step of this gen- of the sever- of the of the battle for you know whatever it is the 20 year battle um really from the duke forward sony had been on the wrong side of the controller and <clears throat> i think anybody who defended the ps4 controller is going to eat those words when they put this ps5 controller in their hand it's so solid now it's bigger it it finally it finally fits american sized hands much better um and it's just a substantial piece of of of, of of hardware and this is how you interact with the game. It, the yeah, controller it, really is incredibly important,
2: and it has some other benefits too. It has a better speaker in it, so you know mm-hmm. audio that's playing through actually is part of that three D sound. It actually sounds really good coming out of the controller. Uh, it has a microphone, so if you're playing online games, you could just talk into that. You don't need a headset, uh, which is a nice thing. It has a mute button on it, so if you are doing playing that way, you could just mute it. Uh, yeah. It, it it the light you know the the light sensor is is mm-hmm. back but it's it's just like a little racing stripe on it now whereas the ps3 or the ps4 controller if you turned it up the right way you, you're going to blind yourself or you know yeah, you're right, going to be right. looking at this this odd blue or red light it is just and it feels better like it it actually feels like a high tech piece of gadgetry whereas the ps4 controller still felt like light plastic it it didn't it did feel good. like much but this it's one great. the second you touch it you're like
0: oh this is this is a, a serious piece of hardware. Yeah, totally agree with everything you just said. All right, let's get into the, the the PS5 itself. There are two versions of the PS5. Uh there's the full version, and then there's another version that is exactly the same except no disk drive. Unlike how Microsoft had as two of them and one is um one is diskless but also has less power, they both have equal power. You just don't get the disk drive. And for some people they're never going to buy physical media again and it probably doesn't matter it's also slightly right. smaller if you get the digital version
2: yeah and you know it's it you're saving what a hundred dollars on on that edition it's it's harder to find i mean both of them are sold out everywhere yeah uh but you're, you're totally right if you don't plan on watching uhd movies or anything like that you're, you're probably looking at the the cheaper model why not um and, the
0: yeah so go ahead go ahead
2: oh i was just gonna say you know when i booted up the xbox series x I kind of had to do a double take. I was like, did I just boot up my Xbox One? Because everything's the same. The boot up, the menu you get to, obviously it's faster. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get to that faster, but I was like, nothing has changed. It, it does not feel like a generational leap. When you boot up your PlayStation 5, it feels truly next gen, not just the controller, but you have a whole new interface. Sony kind of did the big generational leap. Yeah, They took some chances, rearranged everything, new UI, New ways of interacting. Like at, at first, you're like, "How do I turn this thing off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the controller?" Like, <laughs> this is all different now. There's, there's, you know, things called, you know, all sorts of different things in the in the UI that that you're not familiar with. You're like, "Oh, I'm going to go into this menu. I don't I don't know what it is yet." Um, so I think just in that capacity, the and just the look of it too, uh, feels like something new. Whereas Xbox feels like a continuation of Xbox, but a continuation of something great, right? Like they're on a roll with, with what they've been doing with Game Pass and in uh, the hardware and the UI. Sony is kind of rewriting the script in a, in a really meaningful
0: way. Yeah, the, I think the style is polarizing, right? Um, I think there are people that love the unique feel of the PlayStation 5 and I think there are other people that hated it originally and aren't gonna like it anymore when they've been looking at it in their living room for three years. So I, I think that style is, is going to be, you know, there are some people that are just not going to be cool with something that looks the way, the way that looks. The, uh, the PlayStation 5 is physically massive, and both of them, both of them are large. Um, the PlayStation 5, though, is even bigger. Largest console ever made. Guys, I'm old enough to remember when game journalists mocked and dismissed the original Xbox for its size. You remember those days, Reiner? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, uh, the PlayStation 3. Well, yeah. yes. Amazing, um, and just something to keep in mind with uh, with that. So we've talked about the small SSDs that are in both of these. The PlayStation Five does have the small; it is, it's got small storage, but you can use off the shelf extra storage with it. Which, assuming you know, assuming that the assuming that the SSD you buy is adequately fast, then I, I think that's going to ultimately be a, a better, cheaper solution for people when they need to expand.
2: Yeah, I think the internal storage—it's a custom one for for Sony. It's eight hundred twenty-five, which I mean, it's not terrible, right? But it mm-hmm. is—you know—you are downloading games that are over a hundred now, so you, you do the math. You, yeah, you know, you might have eight triple A games or you know five triple A games and ten indies. You know, that's that's just how it goes now.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it is. There, undoubtedly, there will be future iterations of the PS Five and the Xbox Series X that will have larger SSDs as those prices come down um 3d audio is something sony's uh frequently mentioned and and i keep seeing i keep seeing people talk about how different it is in headphones so Mm -hmm. many people play with headphones now um and it seems to be especially effective there yeah the
2: the pulse 3d that's the one that sony's releasing on launch day i I highly recommend you pick that up Uh, i'm not sure what it what it goes for at, at retail but you really do get the full kind of suite of sounds you know the 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 display that they they're really going for with, with the audio design. And I think it's, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a giant leap forward from PlayStation fours headphones, even, which I loved right They're wireless headphones. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and again, the one thing you're going to miss is the, the sound coming out of the controller though, which, which is kind of neat. If
1: um, my, uh, my quick Google search is any indication, the pulse 3d wireless headset, uh, retails for a hundred dollars
2: ask for it for christmas
1: yeah there you go
0: that's that's your angle <laughs> right you spend there five
2: hundred dollars today <laughs> <laughs> right
0: um th- this brings us to a good topic hardware compatibility for the ps5 is not as complete as it is for the xbox um your dual shock 4 controllers so your playstation 4 controllers will work but only on ps4 games you're not going to right. be able to play any new games on those so if you invested in that second third or fourth dualshock 4 controller that's not going to help you here on ps5 games
2: no yeah, yeah you're, you're just playing backwards compatible games that way yeah. and i mean you get the dual sense in the box right so once you hold you're that right. you're not going to want to go back to that old controller
0: you're not going um, to
2: but keep right. them around because you might need
0: them all right, also, the PS5 does support some Bluetooth devices. It does not offer support for Bluetooth headsets, which is, you know, you're just talking about the Sony branded headset. That's a odd omission, considering how many people use Bluetooth headsets.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's been a been a problem with a lot of consoles in the past. Uh, it is puzzling that this thing supports Bluetooth, everything's fine, but headsets, no. and. I think that has to do with this Tempest engine, the, you know, the 3d audio that they're going for um, and how that is being outputted. And, you know, certain things just won't be compatible with it. That's just yeah. my guess.
0: It sounds to me like they're trying to, they're trying to sell more of their own, their it own. could Bluetooth be very much the Apple approach. Yeah. It, right? yep, it feels that way. Uh, last thing about hardware compatibility, the PlayStation VR is compatible and some software will run better. If uh, depending on the games, if they were, if they weren't frame locked and by the developer, um, those will run better, and you will have a better experience uh, for uh, the old PSVR. Someday, we believe there will be uh, another iteration of PSVR uh, coming for the the, uh, the PS Five, but it's still many years away, in all probability.
2: Yeah, um, it, yeah, it, it seems around. like it's set up for it, right? These machines are beasts in horsepower now, and you know a, a VR headset would just benefit from that. If Matt it's better, you know it. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, if it's tethered, you know, that that would be the downfall is, you know, we want to go wireless with our VR, but you know, to take advantage of the hardware, you'd you'd need to have that tether.
0: Game Informer's Matt Miller gave the PlayStation 5 an A minus. Are you guys on board with that grade?
2: Yeah, I might even be a little more bullish. I might even go up to an A. I'm really impressed with this thing. The uh the controller alone is 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 really
1: mm-hmm. impressive. Brian I have not had a chance to power on a PlayStation 5. I've held the okay. controller, and I've held the system itself, but I have actually not uh, okay. seen a PS5 in action. All right. I like I like that you're going to reserve judgment. That's I think that's appropriate <laughs> if you haven't spent time on
0: that. Um, when we come back, uh, I do want to, we've got a bunch of games to get to. I'd like to give a final grade on the PS4 and the Xbox One, now that we know everything about both consoles, um, although we may have to push that to next show. We'll find out. And, um, and we want to touch on some of these launch, uh, launch titles that are out, including Spider-Man Miles Morales. So, plenty to get to on the final segment of Video Games Weekly coming up next. Welcome back, Video Games Weekly final segment. Paul and Reiner with you as well, and Brian Shea from Game Informer. Guys, you've given, you've given your grades on the Xbox Series S, the X, and the PS5 on GameInformer.com. People can read about them. We just talked about them here. But really, you're over the course, this is we're gonna know we know less about this hard this hardware and this generation right now than we will at any point in time, right? So mm-hmm. now I thought I thought it'd be interesting to go back and look at the PS4's life cycle and the Xbox One's life cycle and give grades for those now that we know everything that there is to know about the PS4 and the Xbox One, there's nothing new coming on those. So in now that we are at the point that those are officially in the rearview mirror as of this week, let's start with the PS4. What grade would you give the PS4 now looking back? Who should start here? Um, let's go with Brian
1: because, Reiner, you did so much sure. talking in the last <laughs> segment. <second.
0: You> would, <laughs> would not shut up.
1: When you <laughs> mentioned this topic to us uh, before the show, I started thinking about how I wanted to approach it because there's a lot of variables to take into account. I kind of want to do a starting grade and then a uh, a final grade for these. So for starting grade, I would say for the PS4, I'd give it probably a, a B. And then final grade, I think they did some minor improvements, but not anything revolutionary. But you know, they they released a PS4 Pro. They yeah uh, had a bunch of small upgrades, but nothing earth shattering. So I would probably get the PS4 up to a B plus.
0: Okay. Um, think,
1: in terms yeah. of a final grade. Yeah, which I think is what I'm really looking
0: for is sort of how did this thing, how did it finish in totality? So I think I would, I think the final grade to me is a little bit more, is a little bit more telling of where it was. Uh, Reiner, how about you for the PS4? Given everything that we now know, which is everything that we know about the PS4 and its seven year run, what final grade would you give it?
2: I would, you know, I'm going to stick with my A. You know, I look back on on that generation, I think Sony was really dominant in their their first party games, especially the single player experiences that they delivered, you know, be it The Last of Us titles or God of War, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, they just, The Last Guardian, there's just, until dawn, I I could go on and on and on, Uncharted Mm -hmm. 4, they really, all their studios were firing on all cylinders, and it was was amazing to see. You just knew, like, Sony announces a new first person game, and you're like, this is going to be good. You know, Ghost of Tsushima, even, you know, like it's just this huge list of, I would say, you know, mature rated uh, experiences like that push the boundaries. A lot of them open world. And uh, I just loved what what they did with those those franchises. And I think that was kind of the story of that system.
0: I think the quibbles on the PS4 are really minor. Um, The controller controller was uh, not nearly as good and it didn't evolve. Um, the, uh, the sound, it was a loud system and mm-hmm. especially the PlayStation four pro was ridiculously loud. Um, and they also had no answer for the Xbox game pass. And right. that's something I think they're going to actively rectify in this one, but talking about the PS four and, but those to me are all relatively minor. And I, I think Sony made, you know, they, they made so many mistakes from the PS three era and they fixed virtually all of them in the PS four. I would go a minus.
1: Let's go. To you know, the, I was uh, hearing yeah, ahead, hearing Ryan. Reiner's justification because I was so in like the mind of the hardware. Like I had hardware brain yeah. going right there. Yeah, I think I'm going to bump mine up to an A minus as well. All right, so we're all in the same ballpark. Let's go to the Xbox One
0: that had a tremendously difficult launch, but ended up by the by the end in the last year year and a half due to largely Game Pass. I was I was encouraging people to get the Xbox One over the PS4 for many people. So I'm interested in what you have to say about the Xbox One and how you grade it looking back and how it how it wrapped up. So let's, again, start with Brian.
1: You know, this is why I think I wanted to give, like, the the starting and the final grade. Because yeah. starting grade for Xbox One, because that, that's how you tell the story of this generation, is I would give them a C- for how they started this generation. I think yeah. they had blunder after blunder. The UI was confusing. There were no meaningful exclusives uh, throughout most of the generation, to be honest. Uh, and we're, we're, we're still seeing that as a problem for Xbox, um, even going into this new generation. So I would start with them with a C minus, but thanks to game pass, thanks to iteration on the user interface in meaningful ways. Thanks to so many user-friendly consumer-friendly initiatives and listening to their, their, their player base. And, you know, they've started acquiring studios. They've instilled that confidence, uh, in their fan base that good exclusives are on the horizon, um, and, you know, they've done so many cross-play, cross-platform initiatives. I'm going to bump them to a B for how they, like, overall generation score. But, like, that, from a C- to a B, that, that's, like, my transformation freshman year of college. <laughs> and, and probably
0: the girls you were dating. Reiner, <laughs> your, uh, your look-back review on the Xbox One and the final grade for the Xbox One across its console life, now that you know everything about it.
2: Yeah, if PlayStation Four had the hits, I would say Xbox One had the value, and mm-hmm. that came from Game Pass in the last couple of years. It, the best value in games is, is Game Pass. Up until then, we loved games with gold and and what PSN was doing with, with their subscription where you got a couple free games, but then Game Pass hits, and you suddenly have a hundred games you can download at whenever you want, and and you know they keep shuffling them in and out and adding more to it and. As Brian said, they bought all these development studios to make games specifically for that Game Pass service and their, their machines. That value is just gonna increase in the new
0: generation. Sure, so but that's, not just, that's, really, that's new generation, right? So yeah, what about this I think this set, this set one? the
2: stage. So at the very end, of the tail end of this generation, Xbox set the stage for kind of this subscription service and, and we got a taste of why it's gonna be meaningful and why it's awesome. Uh, so from that alone, I'm I'm going to put them at a B plus. The hardware was great. They didn't have the big first party games like Sony did. Sony won the generation because it had the best games, right? It, it yeah. always comes down to the, at software. the end of the day.
0: That's that's what that's what does it. The best games.
2: And you know, Nintendo is awesome. They came in late though, right? Like with Switch, but it was kind of a, a two horse race from from the outset. And yeah, I think Microsoft came up short, you know, yes, there is a bit of the son pays for the sins of the father, you know, coming off of 360 a little bit and the red ring of death and all that, and then connect just being that disaster that it was. But I think Xbox is in a really good position right now. I wouldn't say either system is really in pole position. Sony, you know, has the legacy of PlayStation and, and has this next generation sheen to, uh, to PlayStation Five, but I think Game Pass is just there, just waiting to really take off. Um, once more of these developers start pumping out games, and Bethesda, all of those Bethesda games come online, it's going to be huge.
0: Um, I'm with you on the B plus for all the reasons that you mentioned for the Xbox One. Look, look back. Um, by the way, I think these would be really good articles uh, for the sites. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when, uh, when January's there's nothing to talk about in January. This is your, this is your, this is, this is what you do. Okay. Uh, we've only got about five minutes left in the show. Let's talk about some of the, the the big games that are coming at launch for these new systems, beginning with Spider-Man, Miles Morales. You did the full review at gameinformer.com. Reiner, you gave it a nine out of 10.
2: Yep. It's a great continuation to uh, Peter Parker's game from 2018. This one now follows a different Spider-Man. That is, you know, his name is in the game. It's Miles Morales. He has a couple different abilities he can cloak himself and also tap into an electrical bioelectrical pulse called venom not the venom that's yeah, the right symbiote. a little bit conf-
1: a little confusing there
2: <laughs> yeah uh, a very different venom but uh they are craftsmen of both gameplay and story and and this one is just fun from start to finish it's about half the length of the original spider-man game so you're right talking i'm in about people, eight hours
0: yeah i was going to say eight hours it's now is it a full price game is spider-man full no. price it is a little cheaper and pro- it is cheaper. probably because of that right
2: yeah i think it's 49 don't quote me on that but uh and then if you get the next gen upgrade you know i think that's a 20 bump if you buy the ps4 one so uh i would just if you can just buy the ps5 one it's totally worth it it kind of has that marvel cinematic universe quality of continuing the story right mm-hmm. like it's 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 not like a side story. Peter Parker's story continues on. Their universe continues to evolve within this chapter, and they really set the stage for something great that's coming next.
0: Um, You had mentioned previously that... Me, somebody that I, I missed the first Spider-Man. You don't even think I should play this. You, you think it's all but mandatory that I play the first Spider-Man before I play Spider-Man Miles Morales. I do. Miles'
2: origin story is within that first game. It's kind of told in the margins, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, you're you're focused on Peter and Mary Jane most of the time, but you get a little bit of Miles. And um, yeah, they set the stage for this next game in a big way. And it's it's cool to see how it kind of, flows into it right like if you just jump into miles you could play it on your own and have a complete story but you are going to miss some of those beats
1: and that first game is so good and if you buy the was it the 70 dollar edition on ps5 you do get the spider-man remastered as well which you know makes it so it it runs i don't know from i don't think we've gotten our hands on it but we've been told that it runs just as smoothly as miles morales does on ps5 and it you know has better visuals and all the benefits of the PlayStation five implemented into that original game from twenty eighteen. So if you want to pick up both of them, you can do that in you know on one price point. One
0: package, all right. That, which might be the way to go. Yeah. Um Reiner, if and Miles Morales is available for the PS four and the PS five, just briefly what are the what are the key differences between those versions if you've got a if you've got the PS five, you I assume you're gonna get the really short load times, right? And a presumably better graphics. I, I would hope so.
2: Yeah, absolutely no load times on PlayStation 5. That game is optimized for it. Every game I'm seeing that's optimized for that hardware has Mm -hmm. practically no load times or it's very minimal. It's it's really impressive. You also have fidelity mode and performance mode. So you could do 60 frames at 4K without ray tracing or you could do 30 frames at 4K with ray tracing. And ray tracing is a new graphical effect that uh, brings a new sheen to the world you have reflections uh different light sources stuff like that it it's really cool both, all right both modes look amazing by the way
0: that's fantastic news all right so miles morales sounds like a pretty strong buy for somebody who's looking for their their in fact would you say this is if you're going to buy one game with your new ps5 is it spider-man miles morales
2: <laughs> of the games i've played yes <laughs> we'll okay. have to wait on demon souls and and these other ones that are coming online right now but you cannot go wrong with, with Spider-Man, it, it is really good.
0: The PS5 will, compact, will come with a pack-in called Astro's Playroom, and the review for that is also available at GameInformer.com. Tell people a little bit about Astro's Playroom.
2: That is just kind of a technology test type of game. It's a celebration of PlayStation's history, so you will see PlayStation 1s in the environment and PlayStation 2s and Crash Bandicoot and all these different characters, but it is taking you on a tour of what your controller is capable of and the system itself. But it is really well done. Astro is a great VR. Uh, this character isn't new; it, he debuted in a VR game that was fantastic, a, a mm-hmm. VR platformer. And this, you know, while not being VR, is is a nice little continuation of of that universe. And uh, yeah, I, I think people uh, will get a kick out of it. Don't sleep on that, even though it's a pack-in game
0: okay astros playroom uh next week i want to get more i want to talk more about the games that are launching right here we'll get a full review of assassin's creed by then we'll know a lot more about nba 2k 21 dirt 5 and a bunch of others and i'm excited to talk about those as well um and so it's it's a great time to be a video gamer guys this has been so much fun yeah and what do we buy on xbox by the way brian is it yakuza
1: yeah, Yakuza is the big. Uh, I guess not coming to PS5. Cause it's come. It it comes to PS4 and Xbox One at the same time, but it, you can't get it on PS5 until March, I believe.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, but Yakuza and then um, yeah, I guess just any multi-platform games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion. All those games are on there as well. Terrific. Um, gentlemen, we're out of time. We've had a ton of fun, Brian. Uh, thank
0: you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. It's always great to have your contributions. Reiner, we'll talk to you next week, and we'll have a lot of software to talk about, a lot of new games to talk about. Can't wait. It's it's Christmas in November for video game players, and Video Games Weekly will be back in a week. Talk to you then. Bye-bye, everybody.